Welcome, dear viewers and dear listeners. I am Lex, and I am joined here today by Lando. Lando, introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, hello, everyone. My name is Lando. I uh, work with um, Player Allies. I do the tech, but I also play in the games. So you should see in one of my boys here. This is Gord. <laughs> so um, it's a holdover. Actually, there's a blank wall behind me. So I figured, eh, you know, they, they can see one of my characters. It's going to be better than just a boring wall. So. I, I forgot for a second that I had a mannequin behind me and then I moved <laughs> and I saw it and I was like, oh, speaking of things behind you. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So like, so what got you uh, involved? Well, first of all, like what got you involved with like D&D and stuff like that? Yeah. In terms of D&D, I kind of got, I'm trying to think of exactly how I got introduced to it, but I actually played with um, my, uh, my brother, and my family actually initially and it kind of it kind of petered off we probably did like three or four sessions like we did like like we bought the books and we've always been into like nerd kind of stuff and really it was just like the natural transition from things like we played like things like munchkin and other like more complicated kind of board games like mage night and those kind of things and we 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 started playing D and we we quickly learned that um, you know it it takes a lot of time and it takes and so I think my brother got burned out initially because sure. he was coming in not having played it at all and trying to DM and so we kind of had a like a, a quick stint of like maybe three sessions in like a month or something we'd try to do like once a week. Yeah. We were all living in the same house, so it was so it was it's much easier to very like, easy. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And so I was like, probably actually probably like two years after that. So it was kind of a thing. He kind of burned out. We didn't really seek out anyone else to play with. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "I'm in a better place now. I actually I want to run these games. Let's get some people that we know and get them all together." So for about that was probably like three months that we did it, and this was back in who. 2019, probably. Okay. Um, God. And then he actually went. 2019 feels like five years. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 ridiculous. It's like 2020 was so long, and then 2021 was so short. Like we're almost out of it. Totally crazy. But um, But yes, continue. Yeah. uh, (laughs) No, no, no. It's 100. Um, essentially, he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll do it." We did for three months. He actually ended up going into rehab. For, for alcoholism and thankfully now is significantly better. Um, initially I was going to take over DMing. And so I spent probably three or four months just listening to all the podcasts about the lore of the world. I was like, I'm not going to put a race in my, in the world that I'm creating until I at least know what the base like lore of the creatures are and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew basically nothing. So I became a student of the game I learned all about like the classes. I learned all about like everything and just obsessed over it and then realized, Oh, I'm way more of a planner and I am not good at improvising in a way. And so like, I loved planning for the sessions, but actually running the sessions 
stressed me out and just gave me complete anxiety. And I'm like, it's just not for me. Yeah. Cause like we've talked about, I, I do, I've done a couple of DM round tables yeah. uh, for let's talk about it. And one of the things that we talked about uh, when we were talking about world building and session yeah. planning and things like that is you have to be comfortable throwing all of that out of the window totally. because and I thought. Is, <laughs> <laughs> that's, right? that's the whole point. I'm like, I had this, I have like this idea of like all oh, this epic story and like, Oh, I'm going to like put all these things together. And then like at the end of the session, I'm like, I feel like the execution just didn't live up to the hype I had in my head and I couldn't get over that. <laughs> and so essentially um, I, I kind of lived along. We did a couple of sessions and then this was actually in March of 2020 and COVID hit and we stopped meeting in person. And I'm like, yeah, I could probably figure out how to do it online, but this is not my thing. So I didn't play again until it would have been December of 2020. And that's where we went into, I don't know how much the channel knows about the origin. Okay. Yeah. So so the origin of of Planar Allies is kind of a crazy story. I'll I'll give you the abridged version. I'm (laughs) more than happy to talk about the long version. Essentially, we joined this paid group on a Discord that had three or four games a week running in this this uh, persistent persistent world. We, we, we had three different characters and I was like working like in the mornings. I actually, I sold beef at farmer's markets for like the whole pandemic. So I, you know the answer to the age old question, where's the beef? Oh yeah. It's, it's a, <laughs> a pray the ranch in California. It's, it's, oh yeah. Anyway, without getting into that, but I essentially had time to, because I basically just worked on the weekends and then one other time, I basically had time to play three or four games a week during the day. And it was, it was awesome. The people that we play with were really, really cool. And Kyle was actually one of them. He actually joined like a day after me. We hadn't even played yet. So he was in the first session I ever played in at that, at that group. And there was like a handful others, but we started playing. We, we really liked each other. But the management, there was like this off kind of vibe. Mm. And we were kind of like, oh, like, you know, and we like playing with each other. So we kind of let it go for like two weeks. And then eventually one of the guys um, invited us to a Discord server. And we all jumped in the Discord server. And we had this long conversation where we put all the pieces together. All of our little experiences kind of combined into kind of this gross picture of this person. And like, that's that's a, that's a thing. That's an issue. Like there's a lot of that that happens in yeah. these community like i didn't start playing d like i wanted to play D for a really long time like yeah. i've always been into fantasy i've always been into like rpgs and yeah. stuff like that it took me a long time to start gaming and tabletopping because growing up very obviously queer they didn't want me in those spaces yeah. and but like that is what people like that do and like i've run into that i've been a, a member of several like long form rp discord servers and stuff like that yeah. where it's like oh, well, this person said this thing or that thing and ah, I didn't really like it, but I like playing with everybody else so much and the sure. chemistry is good. But then when you all get together and you compare notes, it's like, oh. Especially if it's the leadership. Yeah. And so there was there was just a lot of like, I won't get into all of it, but it, it, the person, they, they're, they're pretty gross. <laughs> and yeah. so we essentially were like, because that, that, that guy's goal was to, was to get people together that wanted to stream 
wanted to like make this a career and turn it into that. And that was the whole goal. And we're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'd love to play D and D. And we're like, we basically can do it better on our own. <laughs> so we left and we basically did our own thing. And we, we started streaming in earnest. This was in January. And we basically took time to really like get all the stuff together. And then we didn't start streaming really until probably like June, maybe of 2021. Oh, wow. Like, and yeah. you can actually go back on YouTube and I cringe. Cause I, I'm the, I'm the tech guy. Just cringe at all the mistakes. Cringe at what the layout looks like. I'm like, this looks awful. I'm never looking at this again. The, oh, like the, 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 and, and slowly, you know, as any small business, slowly the people that joined slowly started dropping off because it's work. And, you know, they, the, they didn't, they didn't have the vision in their head that they, that they wanted fast enough. And so really out of the original, the original people, I think there was like nine of us for different reasons. It's now it's just me, Kyle. And we have another guy that doesn't participate in the business aspect, but does play as a player. So there's only, there's only three of us. So we're the last holdouts, but that's, that's the, that's the origin of player hours is it was kind of this group that just came together, like playing with each other and left because of a really gross kind of person running it. So, and now I've been playing in the campaign. We're like, I want to say probably uh, 35 yeah. episodes. Oh, oh. <laughs> 35 no, episodes. You're good. You're right. This is, this is the this is the longest campaign I've ever played in. The longest I've ever played D&D. And so, but because I'm a student in the game and because I love D&D, I love the mechanics of it. I love and that's the thing with Kyle is Kyle loves the role play. And so I've had to like adjust how I think about the game because like although I don't agree 100% with how extreme he gets sometimes, <laughs> I recognize my own imbalance naturally and so i'm kind of like coming into like the middle of it in terms of like okay yes i like to be i like my characters to be good like i mean again i think that's partly because i haven't played that many that much i'm sure that like after years i'll be like yeah it'd be fun to make a character that just sucks at everything (laughs) but for now for now because i've lived the experience i'd like to have good characters so it's a balance it's a really good balance and i love i love kyle for it I love it. For well, it. and I will say that I think even when you make a bit like that's one of the things about a game like D&D, um, D&D being one of the tabletops that's much more mechanics heavy. Yeah. Like you, you know, there's there's tons of systems out there. And, you know, I think I've said it before, but like play around, see what if you're if you're not super into the maps, totally. try a system yeah. uh, like World of Darkness. World of Darkness is all D6s. And instead of having one stat and a bonus, you mm. have uh, you have your skills and your attributes and you have different amounts of dots in those. And so, like, if you're trying to do something, your GM would be like, OK, well uh you're gonna use your persuasion and your intimidate for that and so you would uh if you have two dots in persuasion and three dots in intimidate then you would have a five uh pool a five five dice in your pool that you then roll and you're like okay how many successes how many failures that determines it whereas with like DD, you have to worry about oh is this character you know immune to this are they right there's there's a lot of factors there's a lot that stacks on top of each other and it takes a lot of patience and even if you have built a character that's really good at things 
a shitty roll is a shitty roll. hundred percent. Totally. And there's, there's some randomness to it, but I think, I think initially I approached D like a chess game, mm. like something that could be calculated and something that could be won, you know, and I, I'm growing in that. I think yeah. there's still moments and there's still like times where that's the mindset. Um, Cause I think part of it is I like to figure out like the roots of it and exploit the roots of it. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that to me is fun. Yeah. But um, but there's a time and place for that, and I think I think one thing I really appreciate about Kyle's DMing style is that it it forces me to think not only about like the character itself, but like the character on the sheet, but the character itself, mm-hmm. and thinking about like okay, what what is the character's motivation for things, and you know, part of it's like okay, what what can I do with my character to get the result I want. Sometimes it's that, but also it's, it's like, what can I do with my character to make the story interesting? Yeah. I think, I think one of the things too, sorry, again, I also just disclaimer, I have ADHD. So my brain works very differently. And so I like typically have thoughts and I jump around. So, you know, bear, bear Intima- the, intimately the familiar, intimately familiar. <laughs> I think like the third episode of my podcast is me, Emily and our friend, Sarah, just, yeah talking about our ADHD and multiple yeah. other mental illnesses. Like, no, it's- but yeah, like it is, it is one of those things where like uh, the, I have been in situations in game where I'm like, I want to do this thing. Like yeah. this thing would be the best thing for all of us, but my character would not have the presence of mind 100%. doing this. And, and I before in good conscience do yeah. it. <laughs> and before play with Kyle, I, I would have been like, no, 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 mechanically this is the best this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And like, it's funny because there was like a couple, there was like a, a couple sessions ago, um, like something devastating happened to my character, like emotionally. And mm. I like I, I skipped my entire turn. I'm like, no, no, he's just, he's just, he's reeling from this. Like he's not gonna take his turn. I would have never ever done that before. And like never like that would have been like like that would have been so painful to <laughs> as someone that like tends to like to optimize. Yeah. And so, but I'm like, that just makes sense in the story. I think the other thing that I think is really cool about player allies is that, and again, unlike a lot of streams that I've seen, we play D and D in a way that not only like is different than how you play it around the, like a table with your friends we play in a way there where we're we're mindful of the fact that people are watching us and it's a performance and so is kyle in terms of how he runs the story and so you know there's some things you would do in a game where you're playing around the table with your friends that would be totally fine you could take you could take however long you want to figure out the thing figure out like spend 45 minutes trying to plan how to get into the castle or whatever but because we have the people watching us, we don't have that luxury. So it's like a mindset change that we've done mm-hmm. and it informs how we play the game. And I think a way that's really interesting to play, but also interesting to watch. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like, um, you know, you, you tend to be like, okay, what, what would, what can I do? This That's super epic. That's going to surprise everybody. You know, that kind of thing, Yeah. which I, I love thinking of those kind of things. So, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, it's also like, there's, there is definitely a difference between like 
playing with your friends and playing uh like for a stream and, and things like that yeah. because like you know when you're just playing with your friends dropping out of character to actually talk about and strategize what we're going to do is something that happens a little bit more frequently than when yeah. you're in game for people to watch now we have to like do the strategy as our characters having this discussion yeah. and it's 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 very different because like you know i tend I think we all tend to make characters that we identify with on some level because oh, how else are we going to yeah. play them? But I also tend, I like to make characters that challenge me and mm. that, that like, uh, cause that's one of the things that I like about acting as well. One of yeah. the million things that I do. <laughs> um, but that's one of the things that I like yeah. about acting is I like taking roles that challenge me and, and playing characters and inhabiting a space that, you know, I can take something away from at the end of the mm, day. Yeah. Um, actually, and, no, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, no, you mentioned it. It's actually Kyle. One of the things he encouraged me to do is, so this is, this is my first character, Gorf. He's a barbarian and, uh, you know, barbarian, but he's also totem of the bear barbarian. It's a little, it's a little on the nose, but it's great. <laughs> I love him. He, he basically is like a himbo and I love him so much. He's, like he's like i'm gonna protect everybody it's like you know but he's kind of goofy kind of like not the smartest which i i i love playing that up i think that's so fun mm -hmm. to just be like the kind of like comic relief but when it's time to like throw down and beat the crowd out of monsters he's yeah. he's there so i my, also yeah. love i love the like when you when somebody plays like a a and an a character with like low intelligence but it makes for a great opportunity to show up like if they yeah. ever get like really high on an insight role or right. anything like that it's so incredible for everybody at the table in character to look at your character relaying all this <laughs> incredible insight and just be like, like oh okay. <laughs> where'd that come from right a yeah real no, it's 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 fun. I and I think the thing too um, that makes Gorf really real to me is that you know because I'm also running the streams while I'm playing. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I can get distracted and yeah. I miss things to happen, which is perfect for Gorf because because um, like unless it's really relevant to him or interesting to him, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't often pay attention. So it's it's very, it's hilarious where Kyle will be doing this like this lore exposition kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I actually have to do some things on the back end, blah, blah, blah. And then I miss it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because Gorf would have missed it too. <laughs> so it's actually like it it my ADHD is really informed my role playing Gorf because you're like, oh, I, I didn't hear that, like, kind of thing, you know? Like, I didn't know we were doing that. Right. And then on the opposite end, I play a drow wild magic sorcerer, which was basically built so that um, I could have significantly less control of my character than I yeah. was comfortable with, because I very much like that, having control. It's so kind of like, you, make, you should make a wild magic sorcerer. I'm like... <sighs> Wild okay. magic is also <laughs> wild magic is also fun because yes, there is a hundred percent for people who don't know wild magic, for people who are new yeah. to DD or just have never like played with that mechanic. Wild magic sorcerers are um characters who like they use their magic and then you have to roll 
like after you use magic and things like that, you have to roll a wild magic die to see if you maintain control. And if you roll on and it, and you have to roll better each time because like the, the wild magic is building up inside of them. And so that's, that's a cool mechanic. I actually don't think we have that. Oh, y'all, y'all didn't do it that way. Oh, that's the way that I played when I played. What we do is we actually, I think rules is written is it's a, you roll a D 20. If you roll, I think it, I think it's a 20 you roll on the hundred hundred table and something happens. Mm-hmm. We actually made it so that and that's like a 5% chance. Anytime you cast a leveled spell, we actually made it a 10% chance. So if I roll a nat one or a 20, if you roll a nat one, I roll twice. Kyle gets to pick. If I roll, if I roll a nat 20 and I roll twice, I get to pick. So, you know, even though it's a 10% chance every time, I think it's only happened maybe five or six times. Yeah. When it does, it's like, oh, and there's some really dope, there's some really dope stuff on the magic table, on the wild magic table. There's some crazy stuff on the wild magic table. And, but that's another thing that I love about D and D is that like, yeah, there's rules as written play, but there's so much homebrew that happens. And um, I think it's incredibly important to have that, especially when it comes to the role play and world building aspect of it, because there's so much within uh, Wizards of the Coast and just the the um, lore as written that's honestly inherently pretty bad yeah. um, when it go, when in terms of like representation and race relations and things like that like yeah and uh, it happens across uh, tabletop RPGs a lot like I've I've talked about it in the past um, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast but when we look at the way a lot of tabletops do their races who have tribalism like mm. there's a lot of anti indigenous sentiment kind of cooked Mm. into that a lot of people who have these tribal structures are viewed as more animalistic more savage like there's and sometimes it gets into the whole like magical indian sort of trope of it all Mm. and so it's really important that like yeah we understand how the game works so that we can change it in ways that make it better for the people who are at our table that's why I took three months to just like read all the lore so that I could be like, okay, do I like this? No. Okay. And then the mechanics too. I think the mechanics are really important to be like, okay, they're a skeleton and you can adjust it as you want because it's a game that is for you and you should design it the way that you want to design it. And if you want it to be extra crazy, do the extra crazy things. If you want it to be more low key and you want to really follow the rules. Great. You know, just make sure everyone's on board that's playing. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the main thing. And that's the thing is like there has to uh, there has to be this kind of like there has to be a conversation between the players and their and their GM. Absolutely. And because, because it's not a it's not a I'm the GM. Oh, I made this world and you're just coming in here to play in it. Yeah. You have to do what I say and follow my shit like. No, like you're here to create a cooperative experience. You're here to tell a story together. And like, yes, you put a whole bunch of work and love into this world. And absolutely your players need to respect the amount of work that you put into it. uh, uh, And you need to know that you have like cohesive playing styles, but also like if you have, you know, a player who, if you have a player who's constantly getting shot down and you're constantly just like, no, 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 they're not going to want to fucking play. So it's important to have these conversations. Um, And I think that's, you know, a big part of, you know, what, 
play nerd allies does. I think it's a big part of what Novi does. Like we, we want it to be a cooperative experience with the people that are playing and also the people that are watching. Like we don't want exactly too. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to alienate anybody because you know, people have been doing that for long enough. (laughs) Right. Why we're, why, why fig is starting up, why, you know, play nerd allies started up and I'm, you know, I'm super excited to see, you know, what, what this partnership brings and how all we get to, how we all get to know each other and play with each other. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. I, if you had asked me shoot in like March of like 20, 21 like where i thought this would be at the end of the year this is not at all i'd be like yeah i mean you know we'd be, we'd be still going but you know i just we've been so blessed by the support of the community we've been so blessed by just the response of everyone and we're so excited to see where not only not only the novi partnership goes but just like tabletops in general um yeah. we're, we're convinced that um come february when the the Netflix or the the Amazon show comes out for Critical Role, oh, that yeah. that's going to be a huge gateway for people. I think I think we're we're on the trajectory to just have tabletop RPGs just explode. Oh and yeah, I, think, I, I mean I I think I, I read somewhere that 2020 was the best year that uh, Wizards of the Coast have ever had. Oh, which I'm is just sure. Indicative of just people like adding more hobbies because people were like, oh. I've worked my whole life and I don't really have things to do and people like reevaluating their life because of COVID. Yeah. I think one of the things is, I mean, I did it. I mean, I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to make this a thing. Yeah. No, like COVID, like COVID has been awful and like, it's been a hellscape for sure, but there's definitely something to be said for this kind of era of self-exploration that's happened, not only in people opening self, up to learning new skills and finding new hobbies, but also learning things about themselves. Like you've had a bunch of people, you know, reevaluating because all that performance was stripped away. Mm, So you had a bunch of people reevaluating what their relationship is to their gender, what their relationship is to their sexuality, what their relationship is to their presentation. And so like, you know, if, if there, if there is anything good to come out of COVID, it's that I think it's allowed a lot of people to become more themselves. And that's super exciting to see. Um, It's also you know, just by virtue of some of the stuff that we went through while we were in quarantine, yeah. uh, we have learned a lot about what what the general consensus of the public is. And like we've learned that what a lot of people have learned <laughs> that what we've been saying for a long time, like bigots are a minority they're just a very vocal one we learned that that's true like you know overwhelmingly people came out and supported those marches people people had people voted in ways that showed that they are over that shit and it's just it's it was very important to you know me as you know someone who sits at the intersection of a couple of different intersectionalities that we see that we have allies out there and i'm glad that you know i'm getting to meet some through novi and some just through the internet and yeah it was it was super dope and i'm i'm super stoked to uh continue to get to know you and maybe to get to play with you in the future yeah honestly i we have a revolving cast with uh, at least for right now hunter's Mm -hmm. harvest which is our kind of more like episodic kind of thing we do like three to four adventures a 
a stream. But I I love playing with new people in that. So yeah, I mean we we, we got we got space. You know, just say it. Or or if people want to invite me to come play with them, I'll I mean I'm always glad to play D and D. Listen, so I, yeah. it, it's probably my favorite thing to do just across the board. You're like, you can do anything you wanted. It'd be play, play D and D. Anything else is is second to D and D. You know, I, I if I could do anything with my time. I would probably it would probably be yeah playing games like either D and D or the yeah. new game that has I have I had just received the PDF for recently and will be getting the physical book soon Coyote and Crow which I'm super I have excited. heard of that I mean briefly but that sounds I'm oh, also you'll... I'm also down to playing tons of I, because D and D is the only one I've ever played oh I haven't played any of the other ones but I'd be like I I love I love I love tabletops they're great. <laughs> thoughts so. i'm thinking thoughts and i will hold on to those thoughts and i will let you guys get back to the game thank you yep. so much for joining me lando well, thank let you for having know, me absolutely let everybody know where they can find you give us your plugs what's your yeah so baby? um i i'm, I'm a part of playing allies we're we're here at uh on twitch every tuesday wednesday and then uh, um sometimes we have things running on thursdays we have persistent campaigns. So yeah, just uh Planet Allies at twitch.tv, I think it is. And then our 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 uh Twitter handle is Allies Nerd if you want to follow us too. I think it's uh just I think it's actually that's yeah. my that's my Twitter if you want to follow it. I basically <laughs> just repost all of our player allies stuff, but that's our that's our Twitch there too. So and if you want to follow Planet Allies, it's Allies Nerd. Salutations, or as my ancestors would say, yate, yate being the Dine word for hello, although actually technically it means all is good with the earth. Uh, Oh, that's so nice. Isn't it? It's beautiful, although not quite how the world is feeling right now. Uh (laughs) Yes, the earth is actually very unwell, (laughs) exceedingly unwell. But welcome back, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us again in one of our series of little mini Lex Talk About It interviews. I'm so excited to be interviewing Amber, one of our newest members of the Novi team. Amber, would you introduce yourself and let us know what is it, what it is you do? Um, what don't I do? Uh, first, let me make sure that I have the right microphone set. Yes, I do. Hi, everybody. I'm Amber, also known as the Space Jamber on Twitter and Twitch and everywhere you can find stuff. I call myself the TTRPG Swiss Army Knife because I literally do everything. Um, I'm an editor. I'm a, I'm a TTRPG editor, writer, content strategist for Novi. Uh, social media, everything. What the fuck don't I do? I just do it. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much to, to Lex for having me on today and Novi for bringing me onto the team. And I don't know, let's fucking go. (laughs) Let's Let's talk about it, baby. Uh, (laughs) No, but yeah. So like, first of all, so you're, you're, you're a content strategist, but also you have your own stream where you host and you talk about, you know, effective uh, work and study habits and how to do that, uh, you know, within your own divergent mind. And as somebody with ADHD and a whole host of other things, like, that's super important. Like, let, let's talk about that. Like, how did you, how did you, you know, 
it's one thing to find these tools for yourself and to figure out what works for yourself, but then to, you know, take it on yourself to be an educator and be like, no, like I've got your back. Like, how did you, how did you come to the decision of this is something that I can do? And this is something that I feel, you know, comfortable opening myself up to. That's actually a really great question. And I, so um, it's, One of those things where like during my day job, sorry, I'm also making sure that I am donating to our cause today (laughs) because that's what this is. Um, (laughs) um, So I like in my day job, I had a lot of free time and I found that I was just not being productive with my time. And that's, you know, when you're neurodivergent and wanting to prove that, okay, you can succeed. I mean, thanks corporate America, but like prove that you can succeed in like a standard job, you know, like you have to basically bullshit ways to prove that you are worthy and, you know, all of that. So some of the things I gleaned while, um, so one of the things I gleaned while like in that situation was like realizing that there were like study with me streams that, you know, people recorded and put on YouTube or whatever, where they're like, you know, they have like the sound of their keyboard clacking or like, you know, yeah. Oh my God. Well, it's part <laughs> of the reason why I got like, I got a clacky keyboard, but, um, or like, you know, just the sounds of like the paper wrestling and everything. And just like, sounds of productivity like helped me be productive and they put themselves like on timers too so that they could work in sprints and then take a break so I realized like those kind of streams helped me develop the structure I needed to be able to like perform in my job and you know be able to you know provide for me and my husband and my cat so (laughs) um and then I noticed that there was like nothing like that for the TTRPG community, you know, like it exists for like Gen Zers who need people to study with and like, but for the TTRPG community, it didn't exist. So that's where I was like, fuck it. This is something that's working for me professionally. And I also have a fuck ton of other projects that I'm working on that I feel like everybody needs a little bit of accountability. Um, So yeah, that's why I started the TTRPG study hall. Um, It's on Tuesday nights on my stream, uh, twitch.tv slash the space jammer and um yeah it's uh you know i i just had my friend lexi black girl mage on with me on tuesday night and she did her world building for her D campaign and i worked on building characters uh for a game i ran um and edited a supplement for a client and it was yeah it's it's been great it's yeah. been so wonderful. Sorry, I can talk forever about this. It's no, just so you're nice. good. And like, and and so specifically, the term for like what what that is that you know you're doing on your streams and and what we use a lot of the time, it's called body doubling. It's a it's a technique that a lot of ADHD people use and people with other neurodivergencies use. Um, yeah, it's it's similar to cooperative play, which you see with yes. um, autistic children and play therapy. Is you know they will be playing and you will be playing beside them and they get to you know exist in their own rules but also have that socialization aspect and talk to you about how they're playing it's the same with work like you know uh, me being you know disgustingly ADHD uh, <laughs> it you know working by myself becomes overwhelming researching by myself becomes overwhelming and and people you know all the time are like how do you know so much and it's because like when I 
go to research something, I don't stop when I have that answer. I then go in and read all of the annotated it's notes. It's so interesting. Like, Yes. And so (laughs) then, you know, I'm, you know, two hours into research that has nothing to do with what I'm supposed to be working on. And so having somebody there that like is working while I'm working, even if we're working on opposite things and like we have that check in of like, hey, how does that go? And it's like, that helps me refocus like, oh, shit, I completely lost the thread. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. It's like the thing I miss the most from like, I mean, I've been working remote since 2018. And so like, that's the thing I miss the most from working in an office is like being able to like, as much as I don't like existing in spaces with other people, it's almost like that, like, because I have somebody there that can kind of hold me accountable. Like, yeah, that, that, that's something I miss. And, um, and, and yeah. And, and also it's like that feel of like when you do all night study sessions, like in your, in your college library and you're like, all right, we all are working on separate papers, but let's bitch about our papers together. <laughs> like, yes. yeah. 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 It's, and like a similar thing in, you know, tabletop, like I personally, have not DM'd for Dungeons and Dragons because I find it far too overwhelming. It's Uh, a lot. (laughs) It's so much. Like, like if I were to DM using like a Dungeons and Dragons world and those mechanics, I would feel most comfortable doing a heist and things of that nature because that's what would, uh, I wouldn't have to number one, have 80 you know, different combatants that I have to, that I have to have all of the stats for and go here and here and there and there. Cause ah, yeah. <laughs> also for sure. that kind of action economy is super hard as well. Um, because I, you know, at, at the end of the day, it is a game and you want everybody to be able to play and everybody to feel like they got to do really cool stuff. Um, which is something I envy when I watch dungeon masters like Brennan Lee Mulligan or Matthew Mercer, uh, Abria Iyengar, like, yes, they have these incredible brains and they have, they're like, uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan specifically, I have a lot of love for him to just to watch the way he interacts with his players and the way that he knows where to stop that interaction and move to another. And like, you know, if we have them, if we have the party split, like where to cut and what scenes to do and like how to really get the best out of his players and like have his players have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like there are games like that. Uh, hold on. There are games that I run that are specifically designed to be one shots. And I think also it's because of my, like my brain, I can't handle long-term things like that. But, um, uh, you know, I, on my channel, I run, you know, I'll, I'll run games that are designed to be one and done or like they're GM list so that everybody has an opportunity to like contribute to the game in some way or be in that driver's seat, you know? That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's, <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. Lex, if you want to be on, you know, if you ever want to play a game, I do one every other Thursday. Um, okay. But um, the Did next one know? I'm putting, yes, <laughs> the, the next one I'm doing is, um, I mean, so I have someone running, um, what is it? Roots and Flowers, so Roots and Flowers, which is like a hack of um, lasers and feelings. He's running that on the 30th. And then um, 
And then I'm doing Visigoths versus Mogoths on the 20th of January. But I'm also um, wanting to put together, oh my God, Lexi, when when she was on my stream the other day, I'm, I'm sorry. Still scre- I'm still screaming about Mogoths. You took me all the way out with that. Visigoths, Visigoths versus Mogoths is my favorite tabletop game. Oh my God. It's incredible. Oh. Um, it is. Uh, hold on. Let me find the snake lesbian yes. game really quickly, which is also another phrase. <laughs> incredible. So many sound bites. I'm loving it. <laughs> um Lexi told me about this game called a cozy den that I really want to run with her next year um and it's literally players role play as lesbian snakes who all have different needs in their den and various ways of approaching these needs from cuddling to napping to rest wrestling lesbian snakes are half snake half half human all lesbian so like (laughs) I love it and uh, it's a GM-less game. So another it's situation where everybody has the driver's seat. So if you want in, Lex, I got sounds, you. That sounds super fun and keeps in theme with, um, I have appeared, uh, I, I, I guess, spotted on a holiday uh, special, like one, uh, like one shot that took like three episodes. I believe I did that with Legends of Lanamora, where I mm-hmm. played a Yonti. Um, that I have a, tr- I love snake people. I have a trend of like playing like Yonti, Naga. Like I just, I love mm. kind of the richness that you have there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I never thought the phrase, I want to play a snake lesbian TTRPG would leave my mouth, but here we are. You know, anything. I love it. I love anything it. can happen in post pandemic earth. So, <laughs> yeah, no, genuinely that's, I want there, there's so many things that I want out of, out of tabletop and there, and, th- and that's one of the beautiful things about it to me too, is like, I talked a little bit with Lando about home brewing. Like that's the thing is like, you know, if you are familiar with the mechanics and you don't like the lore as is, say fuck it and you know yeah i like the world but i don't like the way this race is treated it's gonna we're gonna give that race an overhaul in my world and yeah exactly make the world that you and your friends want to live in for you know for sure two hours for sure i mean like uh, that's that's the thing about homebrewing too i mean like literally the t- tabletop games are meant to be your escape from whatever bullshit that you're experiencing in the real world. And so if you're coming across a game that like has a moment that is like, nope, this hits way too close to home. Fuck this. Nothing says you can't say fuck this and change it. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Like that that's why this whole hullabaloo with like Wizards of the Coast element like like shut the fuck up. Get get the fuck out of here. Stopping from the 1970s, but Girl, you know. <laughs> like it, it is it is insane to me that so first of all, like queer people and you know, people of color, um and you know disabled people like like marginalized people need escape more than probably any other person and for you for fucking Gygax Jr. to sit there and be like you're ruining my game my daddy made this me 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 like fuck you it's not like nobody is forcing you to play in a to play at a table where people actually care about other people so why don't you sit in your little corner wear your little hood and do what you want to do 
I mean, I can wear my hood too, but it's purple and it's meant to be cool, but right. that's fine. <laughs> you know, some, some people have really cool assassin hoodies and other people have sheets that they cut holes in. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's ridiculous to me that people seeking people seeking safety and enjoyment mm-hmm. is, is turned into an attack by these people. But right. you know, when you've always had, had the privilege and you've always been afforded that individuality, other people asking for that opportunity feels like a personal attack. Right. Absolutely. I mean, shit, I can't tell you how many tables that I've just had to step away from because I've said like up front, Hey, I would prefer if we didn't play in this type of way, or I, I would, you know, Hey, can we not try to do erotic role play at the first session? Like, yeah. And they're like, well, if you're not going to be mature about it, I'm like, no, I'm being mature and telling you up front what, what my expectations are as a rape survivor. So like literally shut the fuck up. But yeah, no, I mean, that's just, (laughs) I mean, but that's just to me, yeah. I think, to me, I think session zeros, I think, um, even, even like, you know, in this age of like, we're not even post pandemic, like we're, we're actively getting variants. So like, I don't yeah. like to say mm-hmm. post pandemic, but in this age of a lot of us having, we don't get to play in person together. I think it's a, it's super important to like have a fucking Google form and like, Hey, what am I comfortable with from zero to 10, zero being not at all 10 being super comfortable. Like, am I comfortable with erotic scenes? Should it be fade to black? Should it be? And like, to me, I always, when I'm GMing and I'm playing, I would always prefer fade to black on erotic scenes. Cause number one, yeah. like, I am an adult and I am mature and I'm a, I'm a whole ass monster fucker. I'll admit it, but it's not fun for everybody else at the table to have to sit (laughs) and like experience that scene. Unless it's like the scene from rent. And we all know which one I'm talking about on the stage play, you know, like if everybody's not involved, it's not as fun. (laughs) Oh man. Oh wait. I think rent was actually the last thing I saw on stage before, before the pandies. So, Oh, so you know exactly the scene that I'm talking about. And it's like, and everybody on stage was having a great time. (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. yeah. And like, (laughs) and I think that's something that people need to be cognizant of is like, yeah, like this is a game and we're here to have fun. And like, it's cute and kitschy and, and funny and a little bit sexy to like have a little bit of steam, but like, I don't need to have a whole ass fan fiction played out in front of me. Like that's why I have an archive of our own account. I can just go and read that when I'm ready. <laughs> Listen, I, I am just getting into like understanding Omegaverse and oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so actually Visigoths versus Mogoths, going back to it, because I will tell you more about this game because it's amazing. It is um, touted as a tabletop role-playing game and dating simulator. So (laughs) I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and, and like um, the creator um, Lucian Khan, like is the, 
like the queerest, like gay, like just just an icon uh, of of everything that was good about that's good about Gen X. Um, so, um, so yeah, Lucian Khan like made this as a love letter to the night like to nineties Mongoth subculture, while 90- also. Um, making it so that every NPC, well, 80% of NPCs in this game are romanceable. And as the GM, that means I have to be part of romancing every single player if they decide to go down that that route. Um, right. And they could be Aro. Like... They could be Aro. Yeah. yeah. And there are some there are some NPCs that are Aro. There are some NPCs that are like you know that are in committed relationships and just not open, like and not open. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. That, that but the first time I played it, I had one character that like wanted to, like in the full table of seven people, wanted to like role play with me, like making out, and I was like. Hmm. Can we just fade to black? Like we we discussed this beforehand. Like that that, that I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Um, so- <laughs> and there's, this whole, there's this whole thing of like you can just say and we made out. Like and then right. Like you know like I don't. Yeah. Like it's. It, it's yeah. Yeah. It, it, like no matter how good of a role player you are listening to somebody describe what's going on while they're making out gets a little bit cringe when you're just sitting here waiting to play like it's like okay like i'm glad you're having fun but like i'm a little uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and like i'm not approved by any stretch of the imagination no. like i you know i'm here to talk about these things i'm here to have open conversations about these things i have even you know been the person you know my proper my you know formal address is mr and madam for a reason but but like and i've you know been the person to you know engage in certain types of play with somebody because i knew i could be safe for them i like i don't have any interest in them in that way but also like i have an intrinsic understanding of how uncomfortable that can be for people regardless of the degree to which you're exploring sexuality sexuality can get very uncomfortable Right. Just because you as a player consenting in this moment to participate in this doesn't mean that everybody else at the table is consenting to participate. And I think like some and like, I think it's a it was a newer player, too. Yeah, they were a newer like art like role player. So like fine, just slap them on the hand and be like, don't do it again. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess going back to like the neurodivergence conversation, too, it's like, oh, my God, how how do you i i guess like the question i have for everybody because like we're at a point where everyone's forced to like do 60 million things in order to survive like how do how the fuck do we do it Um, (laughs) i don't know how to how i do it when somebody figures it out please let me know like i'm still trying to find the balance like i like i'm starting to get booked a lot more in film working as like a costume designer and stuff like that amazing um thanks um but like also that means like i have you know less time to pre-record my podcast episodes and have a backlog to pull from so i'm like trying to scramble and and also like because my podcast isn't you know, a set group of people, it's me and a revolving door of guests doing different topics. Like I have to, you know, find those people, have those conversations and, you know, we have to schedule all those people to have those conversations. And again, in a world where everybody's doing 50 million things, how do you do that? (laughs) 
I, it got to a point this year where I have to now keep like three different calendars, <laughs> which is so sad, but like, I have, I have like my Google calendar for like my day job. And then I have like my iCalendar for like TTRPGs. And now I have to, and then I also have to like cross that calendar over with the calendar I keep with my husband. And I'm just like, and then you have to cross all of those calendars over. So you make sure you don't miss something. And then you triple book yourself, like, which I've done. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, like as somebody who works as somebody who works 50 11 jobs and is polyamorous like same. scheduling is a same hat same <laughs> hat god same hat how, how do you do that how do you how do you do that sometimes uh, sometimes being a virgo is great but it's also hell so listen i am a i'm a gemini sun a leo moon and a virgo rising that is almost my uh, actually my the my husband is a libra moon and it's the only difference in that that's amazing incredible (laughs) see listen all the best people are gemini's uh (laughs) i mean all the best people are mutable signs true 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 like also like yeah like it's it's just it's that thing of like and i feel like i've been doing it my whole life is like desperately seeking balance and not really able to like fully enjoy wins and things like that there's this whole thing of like you know when you're when you're desperately seeking balance and you're trying to you know, you're succeeding in some things, but you feel like you have this perceived failure in other areas. You end up having this perceived failure because it didn't go exactly the way you wanted, or you had to cancel it all together because you triple booked yourself and so on and so forth. And it's, it's so hard because, you know, you don't fully enjoy your successes because you feel like they came at the cost of something else. And, and then also like having that, having that, portion of it where like you have to communicate like I I just had I just uh, you know had to have a conversation there was like a communication breakdown and uh, you know a lot of it was on me like I've been going through a lot both professionally and personally um and you know dealing with you know my most recent sexual assault and having to kind of wrap my mind around that and having to you know kind of unpack all of the bullshit that society puts on me as somebody who knows all of these things who you know advocates for myself and other victims still going through all of that self-blame in my own head regardless of knowing it like you know they people try to say that knowing is half the battle really it's only a quarter of it because even if i know a thing it doesn't mean that i've internalized it and it doesn't mean that the conditioning that i've been through isn't still a thing oh my god that is like the struggle i've been going through all year is like yeah also thank you for sharing and being comfortable enough with sharing that um i'm so sorry that happened to you and i wish you the best in your recovery sincerely because been there the fucking worst um but also like yeah i mean this year i uh, this year i uh, yeah fuck it i've been talking about it publicly lately this year i had spent a weekend in the hospital for a suicide attempt and it was the first time that I, i ever got to that point and it sucked it was the fucking worst and um you know because 
of a bunch of you know conflicting factors but like it just it just didn't feel worth it anymore but luckily like (laughs) you know luckily i don't even know how to come back from this (laughs) no you're fine and like here's the thing here's the thing is like i'm somebody who Uh, has suffered with and probably will always suffer with suicidal ideation like it's it is a part of the makeup of who i am and how my brain works um yeah and you know i was just having this conversation with a friend literally last night where it's it's this thing of like we know we're supposed to share and we know that we're supposed to, you know, lean on our support system, but how do we do that when sharing those things with them? They've number one, fundamentally don't understand how the brain works. And then number two, it becomes us comforting them and unpacking our shit when really what we need is comfort for ourselves. Oh, Uh, I mean, yes. Holy shit. Like that, that's what I was going through this year was like, uh, just like every, it was, I, I was part of a friend group that was just like trauma dumping every single day. And like, it was contained because we couldn't see each other in person and like have like good chill vibes. You know, yeah. it was just like, man, my life is ruined. This is, this sucks. And like some people did genuinely go through like some really, really terrible shit, but there was never any room to like genuinely comfort or like be there for someone the way they needed. It was always, Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. You're going like, it would be like paragraphs of trauma dumping. And then, that's it and like no real yeah yeah. what the fuck do you do none of us are trained therapists like if if i'm sorry like at some point there's self-care that you need to say like i'm so sorry you're going through this but i am not equipped for this yeah (laughs) i am not a licensed professional please and that has to be okay we have to be okay with people asserting boundaries for their for their own protection because as much as as much as i want to be able to be there for everybody anytime they need anything i cannot i will i will end up killing myself because like i'm still going through my own stuff and then i'm feeling like i'm failing you because i can't be there for you and it's and that's not fair that's not fair to you that's not fair to me that's not fair period but it's also i also get why it's hard because you know you have to do this when you're in therapy when you're seeing a licensed professional you have to do this dance of like how much can i tell this person without getting sent to a grippy sock vacation like right. and like if grippy that's socks some- are great though i yeah I'll like you know <laughs> but, I but i know what you mean but also like you know there, there there's a marked difference in the way that experience works when you're sent there and when you go there electively and like you know yeah you have you and you have and like you have to come to yourself and have this moment of like okay the things that I've been doing, the coping mechanisms that I've been employing, the, you know, support system I've been using have not been enough for me. I need new tools and I have to get away from all of this. Maybe I do need to do this, but because mental health is so heavily stigmatized, especially when you have to get institutionalized help, just because somebody needs to be removed from something for a while it doesn't mean they're fucking insane it doesn't mean you know like all of these words like crazy insane and people throwing around bipolar and schizo like stop please stop because these are real things that people experience i am one of them and 
you know, there will be, even within my own family, I have to explain sometimes like they'll make an offhand comment of like, oh, that's, that's a lot like bipolar. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's not how that works. Like that's, that's not how any of this works. And wow, this has been a crazy roller coaster, right? But, you know, I think, you know, these are all important things and all of, all of our life also informs, you know, our work and our gaming and all of that stuff. And I thank you for trusting me and sharing with me and uh, creating this space where we can talk about these things. Of course. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just, I, I think, I'm fine. Like not just me, but like, just, I think folks in general are tired of hiding it. And like, because we've been forced to do everything digitally now and like almost, you know, suffer through something big together. Like we are fortunately able to start breaking down barriers with regarding conversations with mental health and neurodivergence and, you know, existing as an LGBTQ plus person or, you know, the struggles of BIPOC, you know, individuals like, you know, luckily we are at this point where finally we can start talking about it and like start, I don't want to say weaponizing it, but like feeling empowered to do it safely. But, but it is up to people to like put up barriers to protect the people to be able to say, like, I know safe space has been, you know, stigmatized, but you know, it is still like a great phrase to indicate like, yeah, Yeah. no, you are creating a safe open space where people can just be themselves and not be judged. So yeah, Uh, yeah. I feel that (laughs) people also, I think have to be cognizant, especially allies, have to be cognizant whether you're a straight ally to queer people or a white Mm -hmm. ally to black indigenous people of color like you know if if you are an ally and you are wanting to be a part and like hold space for these people you need to listen to these people and it's it's not it's not a thing of like I don't care if you're older, you're an ally, not a member. You need to Mm -hmm. take what they say and internalize it. This isn't them trying to play something up, play the victim, play the race card, whatever, whatever, whatever. This is them trusting you and giving you their honest experience. Just like when people correct you on things, they aren't, Mm -hmm. it's not an attack. It's, I trust that you respect me enough that you would want to know the proper address or you would want to know the proper terminology or how to use it. Um, And I, and I'm so excited to be working with you and moving forward in all of this and to strategize the new content we'll be putting out. Um, Yeah. Yes. But um, in true Lex fashion, I have run over, but I do want to say thank you again, Amber, and let us know where we can find you and let us know what to look forward to from you. Absolutely. Um, Folks can find me at uh, twitter.com slash the space chamber. Why did I do that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anytime somebody's like twitter.com, I'm like, who goes online? They use the app, girl. Uh, I (laughs) work. You can find me at the Space Chamber on Twitter and Twitch. And also, um, I'm doing the TTRPG study hall on my Twitch this Tuesday, where we can all gather as neurodivergent doofuses and work on our projects together and get stuff done and feel like that little bit of serotonin. Um, And yeah, and maybe you'll see Lex on one of my streams in in the future, because I would love to see them on one of my streams in the future. (laughs) So...
Yes. <laughs> I didn't think you'd see me so soon, did you? But I'm back and better than ever. I'm here with another new member of the Novi team, Soul. So please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Soul. I also go by Morgan. You can find me online pretty much everywhere as Soul's Rolls. Uh, I've got a website, Twitter, Twitch. If you type that in pretty much anywhere, you'll end up on my page. I'm a former public health educator and a longtime gamer. So. Yes. So we are super excited to have you uh, join our team. And I believe you also do a good amount with Play Nerd Allies as well. Is that correct? I've been working with Play Nerd Allies for several months now, helping them on the back end. I don't really show up in any of their streams, but I'm in their Discord and, uh, and helping out behind the scenes pretty much everywhere there. Good. That's awesome. So like, what is it that um, made you passionate about kind of like the stuff that's in line with our values? Like what, what made you go, hmm, we need more of this. I need <laughs> to be more involved in this. Well, you know, I've always been an outsider myself. I am uh, arguably cis, het, and, uh, and white, but that's up for debate on a lot of those categories. <laughs> I was about to say, what's the arguably? Hmm. Well, you know, it's really, on, it's really on just, you know, how you want to define all those terms is, is where I'll, I'll agree with them or not, depending on that. Um, but I'm autistic. I'm very, very autistic. I've struggled with it my entire life. I had a late diagnosis in my 30s, uh, right around the same time I went to college. Actually, I went through uh, therapy there and got my adult autistic diagnosis. And something I've always pushed for is breaking down those barriers. You know, I've always been on the outside of groups and I'm not really a big fan of that. I don't like putting other people there and I don't like any system that keeps people outside. I've had a lot of bad uh, situations in my life. I've been homeless twice, a um, couple other things there. So I always, I always look to bring more people in mm-hmm. rather than push them away or, or support any systems that, that cause that. So when I saw what Planar Allies was doing, when I saw what Novi and Fig are doing, you know, that's definitely something that I want to support. I want these spaces to be much more accepting. I want them to be more accommodating, more understanding, more diverse, more inclusive. And this is an organization that is doing that actively yeah. right now. <laughs> In this moment, we are doing it. Um, yeah, and I think that that's, yeah, like a huge thing, like... Um, yeah, I have a, a big part of why I am as passionately uh, an advocate as I am because I don't I don't think I I don't think I would ever have not been the way I am had I not experienced my trauma and mm-hmm. had not experienced the things that I experienced, but I don't think I would have quite. I don't think I would do it quite as fervently as I do today without having experienced it firsthand. Like I know what it is to not feel like you have a safe space Mm -hmm. at home or at school. So you retreat into comic books or gaming or going online (laughs) and like being who you want to be online. And, um, like yeah like i was always the girl fighter when i played fighter video games (laughs) but like you you know i know firsthand what it is to experience those things and i also believe it when other people tell me their experiences oh yeah i mean you kind of have to that's a i right like you think but like a huge (laughs) part of like what Uh, is yeah you know yeah, a huge part of what it is to come out as somebody who's neurodivergent and talk about what it is that we experience in our own mm-hmm. head is people being like, you're just lazy. You oh, just yeah. need to try harder. Really, you just need to write a list and then cross things off. Like, girl, 
that's not how any of that works and like what when we have you know queer people talking about the discrimination that they face black people talking about their realities we have you know white people we have straight people we have abled people talking about well i don't see that so it clearly isn't real i haven't experienced (laughs) it so clearly it's real yeah you're not gay white you're not gay black or disabled so of course you haven't experienced it Right. Like never mind uh, the fact that the the way that we've organized society is the people that are experiencing those traumas are deliberately uh, deprioritized for attention. We shuffle them off so that it isn't seen. That's how we've built society. You know, that's why you don't see it. Oh, I don't see it. Yeah, that's part of the problem. That's why we have these issues. That's quite literally why there's a bad side of the neighborhood. Wrong side of the tracks girl like that's <laughs> literally the point <laughs> and yeah and i think it is super important that you know there's there's intersectionality in all things and like i was talking about oh, yeah. it earlier um the, sorry i got a weird notification uh but i was talking about it earlier how like we have to have allies like things don't get done without allies but it's important <laughs> for allies to know when to use their voice and when to amplify ours. Yeah. Um, and I think it's super dope that you literally are joining in an ambulatory capacity. Like, yeah, what is it that, that like drives you? What is it that you're trying now? How are we doing? Hey, we're doing a little bit better. Okay. Awesome. So what is it that um, keeps you coming back and keeps you doing the work in the face of the adversity that we <laughs> face? Like what keeps you saying, no, this is worth it. And then. So, yeah, I'm really stubborn. Uh, before this, I was a telephone based health coach. I did that for two years over the entire pandemic when it was really bad. I was coaching individuals in uh, the state of Georgia, predominantly teachers. And that burned me out pretty quick because the, that was not, Uh, Those were not good conversations, generally speaking. But after I took some time off, I knew that I was going to come back and help with health coaching and wellness within the TTRPG community specifically. I, I can't leave it alone. You know, I can't let shit slide. I just never have been able to, I always want to make the world better. And, you know, point of fact is, um, Adult sufferers of uh, autism generally don't make it past their 40s. So I want to make as much of an impact as I can while I'm here. And that's really, really highly in my mind. You know, I've only got a limited amount of time anyways, uh, more so because of comorbidities. So I want to make those I want to make those moments count. I want to leave the world better than I found it. And that's going to that's going to require work. It's going to require putting myself in uncomfortable positions. That's, you know, that's one of those things that's just part of the cost benefit analysis. I might never see the really big payoff, but that's fine. Just knowing that I'm pushing and going further, that is important to me. And I really want to make a difference in the world. And so I just have to do the work and that some of the work is not fun. (laughs) Yeah. And like, that's, that's something that we don't talk about enough. Like people always want to be like, Oh, heal. Oh, do this. Oh, do that. Like, but like a big part of change and healing is being uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Like, if you want to see any kind of significant change, any kind of significant Mm -hmm. development, not only in yourself, but in your community, like it's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to be, you're going to be faced with realities that you didn't know were real. You're going to have to deal with the fact that like your worldview is not (laughs) the only true thing. 
another thing is, you know, a lot of times people get into, I'm going to put air quotes around this allyship um, out of a, I don't want to say performative, but there's definitely an aspect of like, oh, you know, this is going to be glamorous. And I'm going to be surrounded by all these wonderful people. And we're going to be doing these great things and saving the world. A lot of the work isn't glamorous. <laughs> a lot of it is tedious. A lot of it is, you know, paperwork. A lot of it is having shitty conversations with shitty people. And, you know, I, I know the reality of that. And I think that it's great that we have a lot of people that are wanting to do the work, but reminding them that it is work at the end of the day, it is something that is not necessarily glamorous or glorious. It's something that is going to take time. It's going to take effort. Like you said, it's a lot of it. You're going to spend uncomfortable. Um, But the more we we start really confronting that, making that an honest part of the conversation, the better off everyone is going to be too many people come into it and they don't, they don't see the immediate results and they get discouraged and they get frustrated. They get upset or they get confronted with an uncomfortable truth about themselves and they quit. Mm -hmm. Just have to keep in mind and keep a community consciousness that that is what this looks like to work through it. It goes back to what I was talking with Ace about just before this of like, you don't get to like when when someone of the community that you're supposed to be allied or advocating for when somebody from that community is calling you on a misstep you don't (laughs) then get to make it about us making you feel better like you say oh shit i'm sorry move on like here's how i'm gonna fix it and here's the plan for the future Right. And there are count like I like, and that's just the example I used with Ace is just one example. There I have countless examples. I'm sure <laughs> Ace has countless examples like of people who like want to be an ally, but then make a misstep and then make it our position to make them feel better about that. And it's like, no, like I'm letting you know so that you can be a better ally. I'm trying to help you out your feelings about how you still have some ingrained stuff to work out is not my responsibility. Like that's yours. That's your ingrained homophobia. That's your ingrained racism. That's your ingrained, um, whatever it is ableism (laughs) you know yep that's that's what i've seen recently so with within the autistic community there is a very big um push for as always nothing about us without us and there are so many organizations within autism that are that center the problem autism Uh, speaks yeah it's oh so sorry maybe i should hydrate more right (laughs) you know there's so much that goes back on these the real the real sufferers of autism are the parents of these poor children and that is that is so infuriating because autistic children grow up to be autistic adults you know they're ideally yeah hopefully right ideally (laughs) Um, and the the conversation never really talks about well what about these autistic adults that have been made to feel like a burden to their parents in society and that's that's an interesting trauma that's another one of those cases of like the autistic individuals are speaking to the community and saying, Hey, here's, here's a problem. And the community is saying, Oh, but you being upset really hurts my feelings. And I, I can't handle that. Could you not like, please just meet me somewhere in the middle? Right. Like it's, it's, it's that thing of like, Oh, well you need to be grateful to your parents. Cause they could have just, you know, put you in a facility or whatever. And it's like, girl, I should be <laughs> thankful for doing the bare minimum. Right. Like, is that what you're telling me right now? I should be thankful for table scraps. No, no, we don't play that game. No, like it's 
it's no (laughs) like there's not another word for it just no like that's not how any of this works because guess what autistic people are full human beings absolutely and they have their own experience and they don't have to be thankful that their parent (laughs) didn't put them into an institution and their parent accepted the burden of having an autistic child like this child has who is ideally going to grow up into an adult this person mm-hmm. has to navigate a world that is intrinsically <laughs> opposite of them right like you don't think that they are having a hard time that they are experiencing the burden and it's not even the burden of autism to me right. it's the burden of living in the society that we live in because it's like it's Spot you know on. not the same thing as ADHD, but even with ADHD, well, like that's what I can speak to. There's there's some overlap there. There's definitely there's, some comorbidities. They're seeing more and more that they might be very very related. So that's some interesting yeah. research that's going on. That's cool stuff. Yeah, but like similarly, like the world does not function the way my brain functions. Like, no. my, uh, like <laughs> capitalism is not set up for me, baby. Not but, a bit. And like, that's the thing is like, and like with autism, like you have these really like a lot of the time, frank, honest, blunt, like that's how you think that. No, that's not right. That's not what I'm saying. That's blah, blah, blah. Like whatever the interaction Mm -hmm. is. And people are so used to niceness (laughs) and like. I I have a hard on for talking about the difference between genuine kindness and niceness. Mm, yeah. Niceness is performance. Niceness is me placating to a white man so he doesn't hate crime <laughs> me. Like right. <laughs> kindness is me telling you up front, like, hey, like not cool with the way you said that to me or hey not cool with that action or whatever whatever and you know a lot of autistic people having much less and it's not (laughs) even like yeah sometimes it's genuinely missing social cues but a lot of times it's especially in autistic adults it's down to i don't have the fucking spoons to mask for you right now like you're being shitty you're you're (laughs) getting the full blast right now my, uh, my therapist um when i was in college and had my adult diagnosis and talked with him uh, he actually at one point said, you know, I, I know that you're really struggling with this. I know you're having a lot of, a lot of hard time with it, but honestly, as a, as a clinical, like doctor of psychology, I think more people should behave more like you rather than you should behave more like the rest of society. We would, we would probably be further ahead if more people were just absolutely blunt and straightforward and, and just cut right to the chase. Like you said, with the niceness versus kindness, we're wasting a lot of time and effort on shit that just is performative. Right. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like honesty without tact is cruelty. Um, yes. Like, thank I- you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I am not one of those bitches that preaches about, <laughs> uh, that p- preaches about fucking radical honesty. It's a, mm. it's a crock. It's a, it's a fucking crock of shit and people use it to be heinous to people oh, and yeah. then to hide behind the shield of like, I'm just being honest. No, wow. you're being a fucking dick. <laughs> yep. Like you can be honest with somebody without tearing them apart yeah a lot of people that are brutally honest are more focused on the brutal part than the honest part if we if we're going to actually talk about it that's what they're caring about 
Yeah, they care about like, oh, I get to be an asshole because they genuinely did do something wrong and I get to tell them they did it wrong. And it's like, if you're excited about the gotcha moment, you're excited about the wrong thing. The wrong thing. Yeah, that's not a growing healing mindset at all. You're just going to be swallowing hate your whole life. That's no way to live. Yeah. And like, to be fair, like not everybody's a healer and like, that's fine. But if you're not a healer, shut your goddamn mouth. Just (laughs) Like if you're not here to help heal and grow and that person and that person made a genuine mistake and it wasn't them just being a like, listen, if you don't have the energy to be a healer, go punch Nazis, please, please just go punch Nazis. Like, I don't I'm not expending effort to heal Nazis. So just go go do that. uh but yeah like i there is this like whole thing of like you know if if much more of the world behaved in the way that like neurodivergent people do oh yeah it would be so much more dope because like i love i love my adhd brain like don't get me wrong sometimes it's like being a krypton being a kryptonian (laughs) on krypton so like i have all of these like this superpower potential but no access (laughs) to it (laughs) like um but like in the like in the moments where i get to shine and i get to share the things that i've learned due to my adhd and not being able to like focus on the thing that i'm supposed to be studying or researching and instead i've learned eight thousand other new things like that's super cool and like i get to have interesting (laughs) conversations and i get to meet super dope people and right you know i don't i don't go in for the whole small talk bullshit like i am I'm here to have a deep conversation from jump. Like, let me talk about my latest hyperfixation with you. Like, <laughs> and it, it would be so dope. And people would have, people wouldn't worry so much about niceness because there would be so much genuine connection already that we would right. just worry about being kind. Yeah. You wouldn't have to worry about it. It would just, it would just happen naturally. Mm-hmm. But that's part of why I really like what we're doing with Novi, with Planar Allies, and with Fig. We're creating these spaces where that is the norm, where that is the actual circumstance in the case. And that's why I'm on board. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> no, yeah, I just, um, it can get very easy to feel like you're surrounding yourself in an echo chamber and you're just like, Oh, I'm just hanging out with people who are like me, but then to like have people like joining, they're like, no, I'm excited because y'all are doing this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, Oh, we're really doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. It's happening. (laughs) It's happening. Yeah. But that's exciting. That's, that's a real rush and a real thrill. And there's a lot of validation in that and making those changes can can really make that work that we were talking about earlier, make it really satisfying to have done it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And that, and that's the hard thing. It's like, especially like, you know, trying to find balance and doing Mm -hmm. all of those things. If it doesn't feel like we are having the reach, it's like, I am hyper extending myself and doing this, that, and the other thing, but then to have people, you know, comment, things and come through and be like oh like i'm i like this you really hit something there or like oh like i like i had a friend tell me um and this i did not expect this it was after an interview that i did with uh shay van lu about her short film rent boy Mm -hmm. um a friend of mine was like i was crying after your interview because i have i have missed talking to other creators (laughs) and having those safe spaces to talk about the worlds that we've created and the things that we're passionate about. And to hear you have a conversation like that was really moving. And I was like, 
not an episode that I ever expected <laughs> to make anybody cry, but like to actually have a reach like that and to be able to touch somebody in that way is just like. <laughs> right. Yeah, with uh, the with the wellness coaching that I do you know, and the articles that I write, I have a lot of people reach out to me privately and say, you know, that article you wrote six months ago, I actually just read it today and it, it changed my life. It's changed my month, it's changed my year. You know, that's having that impact is, I don't know, if, if someone hasn't ever experienced that, it's definitely something that is hard to explain. It's really hard to explain because it is, it is at once so fulfilling, but also so terrifying. Right. There's a, there's a weight that gets lifted and a different weight gets put on. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Ah, You are, you're lifting people up now here, carry the burden of doing that for the rest of your life. Oh no, my brain. My, oh no, my brain, it's broken. (laughs) Very that. And like, Mm -hmm. no, truly, because it, it, it definitely is genuinely like at the, like, Anytime I've shared about, you know, my, my sexual assault or my Mm -hmm. mental health issues, my struggle with suicidal ideation. And people are like, your openness has really helped me to be open. It's like, I am so glad that they know that they're not alone and that, that I'm a place that they can go to for comfort. But then there's the flip side of that, that then like, I feel worse. And like, this is completely on me and not on them. And so dear listener, dear viewer, do not think that this is me saying, don't tell me that I've helped (laughs) you. Don't, don't like, this isn't me saying, don't tweet at me. Don't reach out to me. But this is just me talking about the reality of like being in a position like this. Like it, yeah, I am. I'm genuinely so excited to be getting more and more people of of different backgrounds, but of of like minds who mm-hmm. are excited about the work we're doing and want to do even better work with us. Like, you know, this started as a group of friends having a podcast and playing <laughs> D and D, and it uh, has evolved into three distinct projects and at least at least like (laughs) and uh just this whole community uh and feel free to join the community over on (laughs) discord dear listener and watchers and yeah like find your people like it's it's a it's a really good feeling to be in this community and to be working with these people even you know when old tendencies still turn their head because, you know, we've lived in a capitalist society and an ableist society for as long as we have. And so I still have issues communicating my needs and oh, my yeah. shortcomings, but we're working on that. And it can be an open dialogue rather than, oh, you're in trouble because you didn't do this thing. You know, there's a, a quote that I read once and I lost it in, almost immediately afterwards. So I haven't been able to find it, but roughly paraphrased it. It says that there is no such thing as a mentally and emotionally well human being on earth because we don't live in a society that creates those types of people everyone around you is traumatized by the society that we're in and understanding that you know not only are you carrying those traumas but also that everyone around you is as well that can bring you a lot of compassion a lot of patience for those missteps like you were talking about we live in a society that doesn't train us to be kind people it doesn't train us to be compassionate. It doesn't train us to be generous or giving or understanding. No. It teaches us to be exploitative, to be abusive, and to be ableist and shitty human beings, because that's the society we're in. It's a lot of work to get out of that. 
but yeah. understanding that that's the situation, it takes a lot of the, a lot of the sting out of it for me. You know, when I do make those mistakes, cause I do as well. Yeah. You know, I understand that it's not, it's not a personal failing. It's a, a personal responsibility to fix it, mm-hmm. but it's not a personal failing. Yeah. I've been raised in a shitty society. I'm going to have some shitty behaviors and actions and thoughts. The only thing I can do is spend the rest of my life working to fix that. And that's, it's, it's a job. It's a job. 100%. Well, here is to doing a great job and to furthering what we do for ourselves, our communities and the world as a whole. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me, Soul. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It was so good to speak with you. Please let everyone know where we can find you again in the future. Sure. You can find me everywhere online as Souls Rolls. That's S-O-L-S-R-O-L-E-S. You can find me on Twitter, on Twitch. I have a website, soulsrolls.com, YouTube, all of it. Any th- anytime that you find those words in combination, pretty much guaranteed it's me. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us and being a part of the conversation. You can find me on my podcast, Lex Talk About It. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter under Lex Stop Talking. Uh, <laughs> and please let me know. Uh, there's also, oh, I always forget to mention this. There is a fun little uh, thing on our website, novistudio.io. If you go to the Lex Talk About It section, uh, you can submit topics and you can submit yourself as a guest. And I look at those and I, I definitely am looking for guests. So please, if you have something that you would love to hear me talk about, tweet me about it, go to our website, tell me about it. And if you want to come talk to me on the podcast, submit yourself, girl. Like, let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's have a conversation.